Hello and welcome back to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. This is Tracy. New episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. And if you'd prefer to watch, you can also check out YouTube for some additional clips as well as Instagram, 30 Flirty Surviving, and find out anything behind the scenes or extra info, maybe some sneak peeks as to what guests are coming on. So make sure you check it out, follow, and engage. Let me know which episodes you like the most, who you want to see. DM me for suggestions. I love referrals. Keep it all coming. Before I dive into the introduction as I normally would, I do want to start today's episode with a little bit of a precursor. As you know, we usually record these in advance and they come out a week or two later. So today is November 8th. And I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that today is a very important day in our country's history. It was announced this morning that Chris Evans was named People's Sexiest Man Alive for 2022. And I mean, I know that that's, yes, yes, Hurley, yes, yes. I mean, he's sexiest man alive in my eyes every year, but I wanted to honor my future husband and just say how overjoyed I am that our nation has come together in agreement for his delicious looks. Um, Many of you actually tagged me in the posts. You sent me articles. Your support for me and my future husband is just very touching. And I hope you're out celebrating as you should. I am celebrating with a Chris Evans pillow in the studio today. And we also have a Chris Evans candle. I don't know how to focus this camera, but it does say the scent of Chris Evans. Um, So, yeah. So... I don't know, take your shirts off, party, do whatever you want to do, but glory be to CE. Okay, anyway, now we can move on. Let's talk about real estate. That's what we're going to go over today. I think you guys know those who've been with me since day one. I really wanted this podcast to be a safe space to kind of combat some of the social pressures and the societal norms that we have in our 30s. Those expectations that you should be married by now. You should be having kids. You should be buying a home. I think that it's not fair to put that on somebody. If that is where you are in your life, that's fantastic. But if you're not there yet, that's okay too. That being said, I do think there is a huge benefit to forward thinking and a little bit of pre-planning. And, you know, those days might be coming. You might even already have a home and looking to be selling that and move on to your next. But whatever stage of the process you're in, it never, never hurts to just get a little bit of information. So today I have with me two real estate agents. They're experts in the field. Um, They are business partners. And we are going to be talking a lot about buying your first home, what the process looks like, and and hopefully um, answering some questions you may have and getting some helpful tips and tricks. So with that being said, I have Emily and I have Gia here today. Thank you, ladies, for joining. Thank you for having us. Thank you and for that intro. And yes, Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Big freaking Evans. I, I mean, it's actually about time, though. I'm surprised that that has it's, not been announced sooner than today long overdue long overdue finally getting the credit he deserves he's like mr gq himself oh my god tell me about it say say less say (laughs) less um okay so i i've already said you guys are business partners but before we get into my questions and sort of your story and how you found each other and and got started working together like let's do some fun stuff first let's do the basics so um if you're not watching i am going to just like try to say your names before i address questions so people can start to get a sense of whose voice is who um so and I'm going to have you start. What is your age? I'm 26. 26. 27 this month. <gasps> happy early birthday. On the 24th, yeah. if you're listening to this and it hasn't passed, wish her a happy birthday. Yes. On Thanksgiving, turkey baby. Easy yeah. to remember. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But not that's ideal. cool because it's not every year. You don't have to share it every single year yes. because Thanksgiving kind of changes. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And but this year. This year. And... I might be wrong. Does that make you a Sagittarius or? It does. Okay. I am a Sag. You might be the first person that's guessed it right. Everybody thinks you're a Scorpio. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm right on the cusp. Yeah, you are a cusper, but I have um, I have an innate sense to be able to choose. You give me fire sign energy, so I can tell. Oh, I'll take that compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Westwood, Massachusetts. Okay, um, and what's your relationship status? <laughs> Why did you look at me like that? She's like, I'm in a business relationship. I just feel like I got put in the hot seat. You don't have to answer. No, that's totally right. No, I um, I have a boyfriend. Okay. It's newer. It's newer, so I'm not. You, okay, yeah. so we're not going to say his name. We're not going to put him on blast. We don't know if he's where he, if he's staying. So we'll keep that on the low, guess. We'll see how that unfolds. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. Fantastic. Okay, now, Gia, I'm going to turn it to you, ask you the same questions, your age. I'm 25. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm going to make you guess my sign, though. Oh, that's a fun Because one. you just said you were so good at it. So. Mm, I think you're a Leo. Oh, I actually have gotten that I give off Leo energy, but I'm not a Leo. Okay. Um, mm, are you an Aries? No. Oh. Okay, give it to her. Give I'm it. a tried and true <laughs> Capricorn. Like, textbook oh, definition Okay. Capricorn. Okay. Yes. That is a great sign. Because... You Sages are like very spontaneous and adventurous. Yes. And you caps are like organized type to a plan. So you probably complement each other in a lot of ways. Totally. It makes for a good pair. She she reels me in. Yeah, she grounds you. Okay, I'm into that. Where were you born and raised? We talked about this right before the show started. East Bridgewater. Yes, South Shore, farm country. Represent. Or right to farm community, I think, is technically what it's called. Is it really? Yeah, there's like a sign when you enter the town. Wow, dang. Okay, okay. And your relationship status? I am very much so taken. Very taken. Wow, she said that with confidence. Mm, I'm going to pay for that one. Yeah, It's been three years. It's been three years. So at this point, like, we're an old married, like, we're not married, but... Is coming. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yes. It's done, though. Okay, perfect. Um, and now for both of you ladies, I have a question. If you had the option for a second home, would you rather have a beach house or like a second property apartment downtown in a city? So this question is, we're, we have already a beautiful city. Yeah, you ha- this is ideal world. You guys already have a home wherever you're living. For a fun second property, would you rather have something on the water, like beach? beach. Or would you rather have beach? beach? Okay. Your town. Right. Like your town, Martha's Vineyard. <gasps> Hell yes. I agree. 100%. I agree. I don't it's like know your what beach I would like, live on, but definitely beach. If I have Cape and Islands, can you get one in Florida? Done. Thank you. We're doing it. Perfect. It's happening. <laughs> And Again, a great decisions. partnership. <laughs> a great partnership. You can use mine if I can use yours. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, I want you guys to tell everyone at home a little bit about your origin story, sort of how you got into real estate and then how you found each other. And since I already know a little bit, I think it makes sense to start with Gia and then we kind of cut to how M comes into the picture, right? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So Gia, take it away. Okay. So I got into real estate five years ago, a little over five years ago at this point. And I actually had joined a Keller Williams in Braintree. And Loved it. They had great training, but it was very much so not what I was envisioning for my real estate like career. I've always known like this is what I want to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it big. If I do anything, I'm gonna do it big, and that was just not it. So I actually ended up um, keeping my license there. I started bartending at Sansi on Newberry Street because I was like, I'll get in the city. I'll get to network. Hopefully, I'll actually make decent money in the meantime. And then I just gave my business card out to every single person <laughs> that proceeded to come and sit at my bar. That's and what you gotta do, You honestly. have to, you have to be ruthless and shameless in plugging yourself everywhere, all the time. So that's what I was doing and actually met the developer of the Four Seasons One Dalton here in Back Bay, gave him my business card. Somebody in, in the restaurant had told me like, that's somebody you might want to go introduce yourself to because he's really important. <laughs> so I did. And then he came in a few other times and I kept doing so. We got together 
I don't even know how this man had two seconds of his time for me, but he did. And he ended up giving me a job. So that was my first, like, I know I had already had my license, but that was my first real estate job working in the sales gallery at one Dalton. And then from there, my job really like took off. You know, I was doing a lot of admin stuff and then I was like a buyer liaison almost, but I knew the job was temporary and I needed to figure out like, where am I going to go from here? So I actually then found out on Instagram, the modern day, like everything, Instagram is everything that this real estate team in the city was looking for an assistant. So I started working for them as an assistant. It quickly, you know, COVID happened, the business started taking off and my job really became the most integral part of the team. And I was the operations manager. I managed all of the transactions. I managed the team. I really got like firsthand boots on the ground experience in running a not only a, a real estate team, but a business, um, marketing, website design, you know, transaction management, client liaison, you name it, I did it. And that is where- The Jill of all trades. The Jill of all trades. I've yes. never heard anybody say that, but I like that. Start using it. So the only thing that I didn't do was find my own business. I managed the business, but I didn't have my own clients per se. And then I actually had on my calendar a home inspection one morning for one of our deals. We were representing the buyer on and I showed up at the home inspection. And I'm like, who the hell is this girl like getting out of her rover with the hair flip? Like she's literally so bad at And, and also literally just like this little teeny peanut. If you guys saw Emily <laughs> standing up, she's like all of four six. Like she's like a Wait, tiny little thing. Pause because I didn't even tell you this the other day, oh Emily, God. but Jay's mom, my boyfriend's mom. I'm five three on a good day for those of you <laughs> watching one, listening. But literally totally like <laughs> I was at my boyfriend's parents house and his mom was like Gia I didn't think it was possible for somebody to be smaller than you she was like <laughs> she was like I was looking at pictures of you two like I know Gia's not that tall <laughs> Gia towers me in some pictures it depends on the shoes it yeah, totally the shoes but yeah no I'm a peanut I'm very yeah. much a peanut. Fun size. Okay, so so you see the peanut walking out of her Range yes. Rover, flipping her hair. Yes. And you're <laughs> like, good. who is that girl? I need her on Literally. my team. And then a home inspection like can be anywhere from, you know, an hour and a half to four hours, depending on the size of the mm -hmm. property. So we had nothing but time to kill and the sellers weren't there and the buyers weren't there. So we were just chit chatting. And something about her, I was like, who is this girl? Like, where have you been? We need to do something. It was, it was, it was like, I don't, I didn't know what it was in the moment, but from there I pursued her <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. Cause I was like, I think you need to join our team. Like, I think you need, I think you, you would be a great fit. I think we like, out of, we have to work together. So then that you made her an offer. Emily has entered the chat. Yes. At this <laughs> point. And then, so um, you came onto her team. So not for six months. We closed oh. four deals yes. together. And then, and only then was she able to consider coming over. I loved the team. I loved the idea of it. I thought that there was, you know, some really cool marketing and there was definitely things about the team that I really liked, but I wasn't completely sold on being on a team or underneath an umbrella. I'm like, mm, how's that gonna really work? Because prior to that, I was completely by myself, solo agent for six years. And I'm like, okay, how's that gonna work? Mm -hmm. But um, do you want us to jump into how we kind of took off or do you want to? Yeah, let's cut to Ooh. six months after Great Divide. <laughs> joined the team. Yes. So obviously with my role, I was very hands-on with, I would say like 95% of the business. Mm -hmm. And I loved my job. I loved what I did. It fulfilled me. It was fun. I was busier than I've probably ever been in my entire life. And I cannot wait to be that busy again. I can't wait. 
But it just got to a point where I maximized my own potential in the role. And the natural next step was, okay, I've done it for somebody else. I know what to do. I know how to do it because I know I've done it. So it just made sense to take that next step. And I've been a licensed agent. I had my license for five years. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go be an agent. Time to be your own boss. Yeah. And you thought, I brought her with me, so I'm going to take her with me now. <laughs> it wasn't exactly. even actually like that. Although, exactly. although that is the narrative that the word on the street, for whatever <laughs> reason, I don't know why. But no, it was very just like coincident. Like it was just, well, if you're, and I'm, like, well, you guys, similar to your signs complementing each other, your expertises, is that a word? Can you, is that plural? Your expertise? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. this larger umbrella of real estate was, was different. You were really like marketing operations. You, Emily, were like the numbers girl and you had like boots on I the ground. Like, I had my yeah. clients. I was very transactional. Mm -hmm. She was so. a rising star at Coldwell Banker every single year that she was there as an agent. Yeah. All in her own. winning top agent my by my second year. Um, yeah, mm, yeah, it was. Uh, it's no, been this fun. girl, it's this girl fun. hustles. Yeah. Like, so putting your heads together, you guys could really create something big, which you have. Yes. Um. So right now, working together, you guys are agents for. How does this work? I guess number one, like your license covers the entire state. Yes. Is it the Greater Boston area? The entire state. Okay. Compass is our brokerage. Okay. For those of you that don't know how real estate works the brokerage is essentially like people think oh that's your boss it's not your boss we're independent contractors we work for ourselves but in any state you have to have your license hung at a brokerage in order right. to right operate as such um we so, could open our own brokerage but that would be crazy the yeah. tools the resources that compass has built to support us as agents and our clients we couldn't duplicate that. So mm -hmm. we, when we did decide to kind of go in a different direction, we actually looked at a couple of different brokerages, loved everything that Compass had to offer, their technology, their support, their marketing. The culture of the entire organization from here to California and everywhere in between. The That's color awesome. scheme being black and white. Yes. <laughs> so fitting. <laughs> the, the important thing. It's on brand. Um, yes, very much so. So we, um, it was just a good fit. You know, we could definitely see ourselves going there and, and scaling. So yeah. that's why we chose Compass um, and our brokerage hung our, hang our license there and then decided to make it, make it a team. So yes. we started Olympus Group. We have a couple of agents underneath us. And we kind of all just work together, collaborate, and and build. That's awesome. The OGs of Compass. Yes. Um, okay, so you guys know there is, it's like a hot trend right now. There's a lot of real estate shows on television. Um, you know, there's Selling Sunset, Millionaire, or what, Million Dollar, dollar Listing. Like, now there's one, like, Buying Beverly Hills. Oh, gosh. We Another see one? it everywhere. Um, I, and, you know, you hear that a lot about, like, broker versus agent versus like all these different dynamics that are within it. But um, we, I think the biggest thing is the real estate profession gets very glamorized in a lot of ways because obviously the, you know, commissions are untapped and there's a lot of potential, um, they make it, you know, obviously show you all these beautiful homes that they're selling. But my question to you is somebody who's really doing this day in and day out, how true do you think the display 0%. actually is? Zero. Um, not not entirely. Accurate. What do you think are the biggest differences? The you don't see a lot of the shit shows yeah. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean you don't see you know us at a home you know the day before the closing when the pipes freeze and we're in the basement holding a flashlight up to the furnace or two days before closing when you're sitting in a property wondering why the hell your sellers haven't packed a thing yet 
Oh my God, mm-hmm. that's so like, stressful. Yeah, and we never see like the contracts no. process really. It's kind of like, here's this home. Oh no, here we, you sold it. Like you don't yeah. really get all the in-between. Exactly, and that's just it. The in-betweens that, you know, if it was as easy and glamorous as the TV shows make it, everyone would be an agent. Oh, so yeah, I definitely totally. think in, in certain markets, it's the higher end, the, you know, the five, ten million dollar plus um, markets, it is very glamorous and it is, you know, you're, you're selling multi-million dollar homes. So that comes with the territory, but there's everything from, you know, first time home buyers, you know, $300,000 for a condo all the way up to that and everything in between. So, and regardless of those price points, you don't see, especially on those shows, you don't see the checklist of hundreds of things, boxes that need to be checked before we can even think about closing and a certain order that things need to be done in. And on any given transaction, you can have upwards of 15 different people that you're corresponding with and you've got a you know, paper trail and documents and putting the fires out. That's putting really fires what out. doesn't. Okay. So my question is knowing that there are, I'm sure there are some, you know, situations where things run very smoothly, which is really refreshing and nice. But knowing that there are a lot of times these challenges or obstacles, like what about this career really called you? Like what, what about it do you love so much? One thing I will say, the best agents make sure the clients don't know oh, hell everything yes. that's going on. Hell we yeah. just handle it and we make it as smooth and easy as possible for our clients. And that's really why we are afforded the luxury of being hired for yeah. um, with our clients. But everything going smoothly, you know, it's being able to help people. I mean, it's the number one, you know, ways to success in America is through home ownership. So being able to meet a ton of different people and help them through that process and making it super easy for them and, you know, all different walks of life in all different areas all around Massachusetts and even referring them to California or Texas if they're relocating. So I think just helping people in general and then also being able to do, have some flexibility with yeah. with our schedule. Yeah. That's what I was picturing you would say although I do realize at the same time you kind of like need to be on call 24 7 but we love it though and that's the thing like I remember being like in the middle of like 18 transactions and like my phone was constantly going off and my friends being like what are you doing I love it I truly thrive in the chaos I cannot stand like not having a change of scenery and I just love People. And being able to take this insane process of buying or selling for any reason and make it fun and enjoyable and what a novel concept, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I love, love having clients that I know I can help make feel like they're making an empowered and informed decision. And I'm sure they appreciate that from you. So. I hope so. I love that. Okay. <laughs> For ourselves personally, I will say the yeah. best advice someone ever gave me about being an entrepreneur and in sales and, you know, in particular real estate, they're like, if you want to raise in this business, go and sell another house. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'll motivate you. Mm-hmm. That'll get your ass up and moving, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Be your own boss. You can give yourself a raise at any time. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Gives you a lot of autonomy. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, okay, so now let's start with like the nitty gritty. I have some questions primarily geared towards first time home buyers. I think that a lot of my friends have either just purchased an, uh, their first home recently or starting to think about it. And uh, I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety, not really knowing, okay, what is the process? You know, like, what do I need to save? Where do I go first? All of that stuff. So I want to kind of run through some of those questions with you guys, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Okay. So very high level doesn't need to be in like super detail or anything like that, but say I want to buy my first home. What does the process from start to finish in terms of step by step like typically look like? Where do, what do I what do I need to do first? You know, is it pre-approvement and then from there on out? So, first step is speak with an agent. And speak to a couple of agents. Figure out which agent you can connect to, which one you know is going to answer your call and and 
you know, have that motivation to get things done and also have your best interest in mind. Um, once you connect with an agent, we can then refer you to a lender that is good for your situation. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're self-employed, you may want a more creative lender that can handle that. If you're a first-time home buyer, putting 20% down with an excellent credit score, all right, you can pretty much go to any bank. They're gonna, they're gonna take you. Um, so, agent, get pre-approved with a lender, and then start looking at houses. Look at houses. You know, um, go to open houses, set up private showings. Then you find a house that you love, put in an offer, speak with your agent on what is a good offer, what's going to be competitive, what's going to get the deal done. Um, and then, you know, it may take putting in a couple of offers. You may not get your first offer, but sticking with it, get your offer accepted from there. If allotted, doing a home inspection, I always recommend doing a home inspection. You want to know what you're getting into. You know, it's, it's great. You know, you get your offer accepted, but if you waive that inspection and then all of a sudden you find out that there's water in the basement, there's it could termites. be a dangerous move. Dangerous. And just for to note, sure. in the market, I'm sure we'll get there, but in the market that we're in right now, people are actually getting home inspections. Yes. Home Which inspections was not happening back for like a year. Contingencies are back. So it is a great um, time to it. be a buyer. Well, if they're paying like double what it was worth last year for a home, they damn sure better be making sure everything's Gosh, good to go on seriously. it. Seriously. You would be surprised. You would be surprised. Oh, so man. have that home inspection. Okay. Um, and then, you know, everything checks the boxes. You go from offer to purchase and sales. So purchase and sales, typically, you know, you put a thousand dollars down with the offer, you put 5% down at PNS. That's about, you know, a week to two weeks after the offer is accepted. From there, you're cruising kind of to the finish line. That's where the lender steps in. They do their appraisal, meaning they come out to the house to see, um, to evaluate it, to make sure that the comps support the purchase price. Appraisal goes well. Keep going on. The um, the attorney will do your title exam, make sure that there's no liens and nothing fishing going on with the title. And then you get your commitment from your, um, your mortgage lender, and then you get your clear to close. You do your final walkthrough, you get the keys, you sign a million documents, and you're officially a homeowner. Interesting. So there's actually a lot more steps sort of in the back end of the process than there really oh, yes. are to yeah. start. Um, and that's just like all the steps that you as the client are aware of. That's right. like I'm sure not any more. of the behind the scenes things that just get done. Yeah. You know. Okay. I would say, because obviously we always say any agent probably say first step talk to an agent talk to a lender I think something that doesn't get touched on enough is just because you Joe Smith reach out to me today because you have an interest in buying property I'm not in a rush I I don't care when you buy I just want you to make an educated informed decision and accomplish your real estate goals the right agent isn't going to rush you, isn't going to pressure you, isn't going to make you feel like, well, you have to buy something right now. The same goes for a lender. I feel like a lot of people hold off on talking to a lender because they're like, oh, I'm not ready yet. How do you know? If you don't talk to a lender and you don't get an overview of your financial situation and what you might be able to afford, how do you know that? You could have been able to buy a house last year and you've just been sleeping on yourself. That's a very good point. Very, very good point. Um, Okay, so then let's talk money. I mean, you were talking about 1,000 down, 5%. I know it's probably hard to say without a budget, but like realistically, maybe we're just talking in percentages, but like if I, how much money do I need in the freaking bank to say I can buy a home? All right, so... Right now, as we mentioned, inspections are back. Contingencies are back. The standard is $1,000 down with the offer and 5% at purchase and sales. However- Minus the $1,000 that you already put down. Okay, so that goes into the 5%. Correct. However, sellers are a lot more open now. You know, if you only, if you're putting 3.5% down and standard is 5%, sorry, 3.5% for your loan, and standard for PNS is 5%. Make an offer that you're putting $1,000 down and then $9,000 with the purchase and sales. Sellers are open to that again. Um, however, if you, the best that I've ever seen, you actually can buy a home putting zero down. 
I see a lot of that going on, especially on TikTok. I think there's a lot of agents or even financial advisors that kind of talk that it's like there's a benefit to that. And it's very outside of anything I've ever been told. And to Mm -hmm. me seems like could come with a lot of risks or maybe not the best thing in the long run. Would you recommend that for somebody? I 100% would. And I even had my sister do it. So I, yep. Why would you put 20% down if you don't need to put 20% down? Think about what it's, how long it's going to take you to save that 20% and how much the market is going to grow that you're actually losing out. So with 0% down, it's in, this is specific for Massachusetts, but it's 3.5% loan and then Massachusetts takes a secondary uh, loan for that 3.5%. So it's really 0%. Um, the only thing that you do still have to come up with is the closing costs. So closing costs can range anywhere from 5,500 to around 10,000, um, sometimes a little bit more, but in the for this program, there's a cap on how much you can take a loan out for, which is specific for each county. Um, but it 100% makes sense because, for example, when she was purchasing a home, um, she actually wasn't even thinking about buying. She, I literally called her up. This condo came on the market in Canton. It was perfect for her commuter location. She works in Boston. And I was like, hey, you're buying this condo. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're buying this condo. She was like, Emily, I haven't even started thinking about buying a house. Long story short, she went inside. It was a $265,000 condo. And I said to her, I was like, we're going to just take your bonus. We're going to put it towards the purchase and sales. That's going to pay for your closing costs. That's all you need to come up with. So she went, she saw the condo. We locked it up, $265,000. Her payment, this was literally right before COVID, her payment all in for this Beautiful one bed, one bath condo, hardwood floors, granite countertops, walk right out to the train with the HOA that pays for the heat, the um, your trash removal, your exterior maintenance, your snow removal, everything. She's around like $1,700. That's Whoa. what I pay for rent yes. for 800 square yes. feet in Quincy. That's it's crazy. So, okay, I think people's fear with 0% though is that they'll be having higher monthly payments. Is that necessarily you, true? So you have PMI, so private mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. when you put less than 20% down. However, you can negotiate PMI, so you can pay that all up, up front. You can even negotiate that the seller pays that PMI, so you don't have that additional, say, 70 to $200 PMI monthly. That is also very much based off of your credit score and the property itself. So that seventeen hundred that included PMI. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then once she has accumulated, whether by appreciation or by paying her mortgage, twenty percent equity in that property, the PMI just drops off. So when she bought two years ago, the property has already gone up twenty percent in value. I was like, hey, Amanda, call your lender, drop that PMI. Wow. So now she's probably paying like $1,500 a month. It's crazy. It pays to have a sister in the business looking Mm -hmm. out for her like that. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. That condo is now probably over $400,000. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it appreciated so quickly and a lot faster that her money was better there than in the bank. Her saving 20% to put down on that condo. Yeah. I would have to agree. And I think it sounds risky, but when you actually lay it all out like that, it makes perfect sense. And I think to your point, that's why asking some of these types of questions with an agent is really helpful in the upfront, just to know what even your options are. There are so many options. Really? That's the thing. Like there is no one size fits all. Yeah. There are so many options so many creative solutions. I mean, the things that I've seen this woman over here come up with in the last <laughs> six, seven months, like every single day, I'm just like, oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. There's a whole other, like and I never even thought of that. Just to clarify too, like the 0% down thing, does that apply to anyone who's buying a home? Is it only first-time home buyers? Is it not first-time home? It is home- first-time home buyers. Only first-time First home buyers. First-time home buyers. Okay. Um, but even if you're not a first-time home buyer, you can still do um, as low as 5% down. Damn. Mm-hmm. Another Damn. option out right now for first time home buyers, you might have seen because a lot of agents and lenders are talking about it is the Mass Dreams program. I have heard a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an awesome one. You do have to be residing in a specific town and you have to be a first time home buyer. Um, 
and it is up to $50,000 worth of grant funds. So you you don't have to pay them back. They're 100% forgivable. They can be used towards down payment assistance or closing costs or any combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And you can purchase either a single family, a condo unit, or a multi-family unit, multi-family property up to four units. Wow. $50,000. That's Take insane. advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least, just call us so we can hook you up with a lender to figure out if you qualify for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of all, like this whole thing too, I mean, are, what are the fees for, for you guys, if you don't mind saying, or generally speaking for agents, but like if I just wanted to start having a conversation with you girls, right? Like what does someone have to... Um, pay up front to just start asking these questions and up pick your front, brain nothing okay buyers slide in the dms with those questions absolutely <laughs> text me call me send me a carrier pigeon i don't care <laughs> i will get an answer to you asap buyers it is free to work with a buyer's agent because the buyer's agent and the listing agent get paid their commission from the seller mm. i think a lot of buyers don't know that especially if you've never bought a property before and that can be like an anxious thought of like oh my gosh I don't even want to call her because I don't know what I'm gonna have to pay her you don't have to pay me anything and even as a seller you're not paying anything until we close right so it's pretty much it's very much so an honor system like we are pitching you either at a buyer consultation where we kind of explain the process and how we work together to help you accomplish your goals or we're going to your house or meeting you for coffee for a listing appointment to talk about your property and how we can sell it for the most amount of money um but yeah it's you know from there we're we're putting in all that sweat equity and it's and a hard no work brainer. And, seriously yeah, yeah no you hear brainer. that guys yeah like, there's no Call risk us. start <laughs> having these conversations you have nothing 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 to lose nothing like why wouldn't lose. you and everything to gain yeah absolutely but let's talk about the market right now um generally speaking <laughs> i mean i'm sure i'm sure you're sick of answering this i'm question. not i actually like it by the time this airs it'll change again right, but probably right. I'm sure, yes i'm sure but Generally speaking, um, would you advise that this is a good time to buy? Um, or do you think that absolutely. next year is better? No. 100% buy now. Um, you know, everybody who waited, there's no perfect time, right? Yeah. Ever. But in Boston and Massachusetts, it's such a strong market that there's really no bad time to buy. Hold on to it long enough and you're you're appreciating. You know, you can see that in the history of pricing in Massachusetts. Boston itself averages a 10% um, value increase year over year. Wow. Which is insane. Okay, but the buzzword that we're hearing and everybody talking about is interest rates. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, what were you so going to say? What were you going to Yeah, you were going to I was going to say recession. Oh, oh well, that, that yeah. is well. That is well. <laughs> but I felt like that kind of just answered my question on yes. that. So, so, well, I guess the reason why right now is such a great time to buy and people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I should have bought when interest rates were low. Okay, you could have bought when interest rates were low and paid $100,000 over asking, or you buy now when interest rates are a little bit higher, but you're paying $30,000 under asking. And you got an inspection, so you know what you're buying. And Mm -hmm. you got a mortgage contingency, so your financials are protected. And you got flexible terms and timing because the seller was, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. On and on. Yeah, I feel like that's the way that I see it, right? Like if your interest rates are high, but you're getting it at a good price, it's the same as spending a little bit more and having a a lesser interest rate, right? Yes. And right now there's so many programs out there with interest rates that you can buy down your interest rate. So with that being said, like there's a two, two, one buy down program with guaranteed rate, meaning you pay upfront and you can buy down your interest rate 2% for the first year and then 1% the second year. The point of that is that in the next two years, most likely interest rates are going to come down and you can refinance and grab that lower rate. But in the interim, right now, interest rates are flirting with around six and a half percent. So for the first year, you're only paying four and a half percent. The next year, you're paying five and a half percent. And then in that duration, hopefully you refinance and you get a lower interest rate, but you get the property that you want at a better competitive rate. Another thing that you can do is negotiate the interest rate. 
and you know, call your lender and say, okay, how much can I buy it down? Not just the 2%. I want to buy it down for the duration of the loan and find out, okay, what does 10,000 get me? What does 20,000 get me? So instead of going and looking at that million dollar property and being like, okay, I'm, I want to get it for 980,000, negotiate with the seller to get $20,000 towards credit and buy down your interest rate. That'll help you a lot more than just saving that $20,000. Again, I didn't even know these options. This are is my wish. Emily <laughs> and uh, her genius brain. Um, with, with refinancing though, I think there's a lot of hesitation because technically your loan starts back up in terms of the timeline, right? Like if you had a 30 year loan, when you refinance, you're back to 30. Is that right? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, and then the second part with guaranteed rate with the two one buy down, they do refinancing for free as many times as you want for the duration of the loan. Oh, well, yep. No brainer then again. I guess. A no brainer. Yeah. Stop Holy being scared. Moly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and then just to make sure, because maybe I made an assumption, but when it comes to then the recession, your buzzword that you referred to. Did I say that? <laughs> you said almost that? said that. How did? How do you think that is going to impact the housing market? So a lot of people have been priced out of homes with the interest rates and they're not, you know, being educated in, in these different, you know, tactics that we spoke about. So with that, a lot of, you know, we have less buyers, but we also have less sellers. A lot of sellers aren't selling because if they sell now and they bought it a couple of years ago at 3% interest, they go out to buy that same exact house or something a little bit nicer and they're paying six and a half percent interest. They're all set their mortgage would go way up, they don't wanna move. So it's, again, it's the supply and demand that we've seen, we haven't had a lot of supply, we still don't have a lot of supply because those sellers aren't moving. Mm -hmm. The demand has gone down a little bit as well because buyers are just being priced out. Um, but with that, buyers are renting more. So rent is going up. A lot of our investors, a lot of our clients, instead of you know starting new, um, new construction projects, they're buying a lot of multis because multis are holding their value because we have a lot more renters now. Instead of yeah. them jumping into, you know, buying a house, we have more rent. And rents are up. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like absolutely. Crazy. People are just paying their whole mortgage with with renters. Mm -hmm. It's oh, insane. It's wild. It's wild. Which um, leads me to another question that I have. I know we're spending a lot of the majority kind of focusing on first time home buyers, but um, if someone is looking at buying a, an investment property, like a second home maybe, um, just to have and then rent out, is that something that you recommend? And would you recommend something different if there was like more of an Airbnb situation, like short-term tenants? Is there a difference between long-term, short-term? I think that there's a lot more work in short-term tenants. Mm, you're going yes. into your, your Airbnb unit and you're restocking it, refreshing it, cleaning the sheets. Like there's, you know, they yeah. could have had a party and now you maybe need to refinish your, you know, there's just a lot more risk involved, I think. Unless you go with Picasa and they take yes. care of everything for you. So what is that? That is like an Airbnb, but you buy it and they do everything for you. They clean it, they put wow. it online, they rent it out for you and they just send you a check. So there's, there are options. There out there. are That's options. cool, yeah. The, the long-term um, like renters, I think a lot more of the responsibility can then end up kind of falling on them. You know, you sign a lease or some sort of agreement and you can kind of set your own terms or the short term, it's harder to like hold them responsible. Maybe you send the extra cleaning fee, but like really well, it's I not. Know. With Airbnb, if the, um, um, the tenants or the people who are renting it for that short term, they, if they mess it up, Airbnb covers it. I actually have a client who has a bunch of Airbnbs and he had, rented it out to a prom night event and they oh. completely trashed the place and Airbnb covered it. They covered the expenses. So they do cover that. Um, obviously you have insurance as well, you know, right, but. Right. Is there um, a type of home that you recommend as like a second property or an investment property? It depends on the location. So, and that's, you know, specific for if you do like a long-term tenant versus, you know, an Airbnb. If you have a beach condo, Airbnb that. Get the most <laughs> amount of money in the summer mines and, you know, cash in. If you're out in Canton, Massachusetts, maybe don't do an Airbnb. There's not a huge draw for it. You know, Boston, yeah. same thing. 
Um, so really location specific. And then also some towns don't allow Airbnbs. So making sure that you. Ooh, good to know. Mm-hmm, making sure that wow. you're not. And it's not just a one size fits all. I know Conway up in New Hampshire. We're in Massachusetts. But Conway doesn't allow Airbnbs anymore. Because so many people were coming up there and trashing the town that they're like, yeah, we're all set with that. We don't want it anymore. Uh, Conway said I'm all set. Conway said I'm all set. (laughs) Conway has left the chat. Airbnb chat. Wow. Okay. So you're kind of getting to this. We the classic, I feel like, real estate tagline. Location, location, location. Are there certain towns in Massachusetts that you recommend are better to purchase in over others definitely anywhere in and around boston yeah boston agreed has been coined recession proof i don't know who said it first but (laughs) it's a thing um between the hospitals and the colleges and the life science and all of the you know financial businesses that we have in boston it's pretty much a tried and true market. I mean, I just told you a few minutes ago how it averages a 10% appreciation in yeah. value year over year, which nationally, I think the national average just across all 50 states is around 3% year over year, just to give you some frame of reference for that. Um, so anywhere in and around the city, I mean, you don't have to necessarily be buying a condo in Boston, a single family or a condo unit in Braintree near the train station that's commuter friendly could be just as good of an investment as long as you're making sure that, you know, you want to vet the area, the neighborhood, you want to look at the comps. I mean, these are all things that if you have a great agent, they'll do all those things for you (laughs) and make sure that you're making a good investment. Communicate your goals with your agent. You know, are you going to be here for the next 15 years? Are you going to be here short term? You know, that is very, um, that will help us gauge, okay, well, let's go to a Westwood or a Wellesley or, or, you know, a town that um, will be great for when you have kids and hold its, its appreciation. Um, or are you going to be here for the next two years? And it's like, okay, let's put you in South. Let's put you in back Bay. Let's put you in something that we can for sure say in the next two years, it'll keep its value. Mm -hmm. It'll go up a little bit too, um, more than likely. And you know, you're, you're going to be good. That's my personal plan, at least in my head to buy. I would love to buy a condo in Southie, the South end, maybe back Bay, but yeah, I'm curious. Are Maybe. you ladies homeowners? No. No. <laughs> um, I actually bought a commercial property. Dang. Instead of, instead of she a, said screw residential. I'm going literally right she to skipped commercial. a step. She's out here skipping levels. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's <laughs> impressive. It was so random too. She literally called me one day and was like, I think I'm gonna buy this commercial condo. <laughs> Yeah, you did that. Is that a lot of work? Have you even been there since you closed? <laughs> okay, so the <laughs> no, I am. It's like the cobbler's kids in their shoes. What's the saying? It's like you know they're the last ones to have a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. yes, that. Um, but you know, I in the last year, when times were crazy, and I definitely wanted to invest in real estate, it just was too crazy. You know, and I find a lot of. A, a lot of off-market distressed properties, but that I kind of would just send to my flippers and my builders and, and let them take it from there. Um, so for me, I saw, you know, buying commercial because it wasn't as crazy. And then I knew I could rent it out. I knew I could sell it at any time because commercial isn't as up and down or as crazy, I would say, as, as residential. There's right. not as much emotion involved. Yes, in it's it. all about the numbers. Yes. Um, and... However, I would totally buy residential now. Didn't okay. would not have bought it early spring, the last, you know, two years, but residential now, now there's there's deals to be had. I would buy now if I was in a position to, but we're coming for that. Okay. We're I love coming it. Coming for there's, that. There's no rush. And that as is you something said. that I will say, like, I have definitely caught myself having thoughts of like, how am I out here being a real estate agent and like I don't even own a home? But Hell no, that, that's there not are anything. instances where and I feel like probably a lot of listeners for your podcast do rent. There are instances where it does make sense. However, I would challenge anybody that's renting to reach out to either us or a lender and just be like, this is what I pay monthly for rent. Like what 
like, cause you can work backwards. Like if you pay $2,000 a month for rent, you could work backwards with a lender to crunch some numbers and figure out, okay, what could I afford at $2,000 a month in a mortgage? What does that look like in residential real estate? Yeah. Um, I am curious because for me, I'm sort of at this like fork in the road of my life. I'm single, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to buy for like this part of me that's kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. Am I going to want to stay there? Is it going to be a a more difficult process to do it on my own? Would I keep it? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you rather fast forward a year from now and be like, oh, I have this house. I don't know what the hell to do with. Mm. Or fast forward a year from now, still renting and being like, dang, I really wish I bought a year ago. What I would mean, you rather? I mean, I'd obviously I would rather, rather have a house right. I just don't know what to do with. Well, you but, can rent it. You mm-hmm, could sell it. You could keep mm-hmm. it. Let it keep appreciating. You could well, take I think that like, and go yes. buy somewhere else. Well, I, I, like, I feel like you're answering my question already. But I think like for me, it's kind of like, would I be in a better position coming in with a partner? I think that's a lot of questions like girls my age, my friends, people, people like wait until they no. have the, the person. Is there a stronger chance of you getting, you know, like a better home, a bigger home, a better deal, whatever, when you have two people versus one? Are there any deterrents with one person? I mean, whenever you have a second income, of course, they're going to be able to afford a little bit more. You know, your your budget just went up, right? Um, but if you're worried about, you know, it being a little bit easier, look at a multifamily, buy a multifamily. That's three units that when you divide it into three and you're collecting, I'll give rough numbers, you're buying a million dollar three family and it brings in $10,000 a month. You're right now you're paying $2,000 a month. If you rent out those other two units for $4,000 a month, each of those units, you're still only paying $2,000 a month, but now you're Somebody else is paying your mortgage for your million dollar asset. Now, when you want to go somewhere, you rent your unit out. Mm-hmm. Give it a couple of years, you build equity, you take that equity out, you go and buy another property. That's still making that income for you. Interest rates go down, you refinance, now you're even netting more money each year. I would also note that if you are not married and you and your significant other have never purchased property before, you can both take advantage of your first time home buyer loan separately and co- divide and conquer. Um, Chris, I think has a home already, but uh, um, so we're all, I just, we're all yeah, set. yeah, we're but no, um, <laughs> it would just be my first home. <laughs> Listen, never buy, just marry Chris. Just marry Chris yeah, Evans yeah. and pack your bags and move That's yeah. really why I've been waiting. I'm just I mean, say, waiting for him to tell me I can move my stuff in, you yes. know? Um, okay. But that's good to know because I think that like, especially, if, you know, I had a financial advisor on just recently and like we were kind of talking about how money tends to be such a sensitive topic. It's really a vulnerable thing to like start to discuss. And I think that there's a lot of like shame when you start seeing what things I've bought on Amazon and all this stuff. And, and so I think that people get discouraged when it comes to something like this, a big purchase, like, am I even going to get approved? Am I crazy for thinking I can do this on my own? So it's really Mm -hmm. encouraging to know that you girls would both recommend um, that it's something you absolutely can do on your own. And absolutely. it's actually not as intimidating as it's we not. might think. There's so many different avenues you can kind of take um, that make it work for you and your personal situation. So I love to hear this. Um, and then kind of going back to the location really quickly too, I don't know if this is hard to answer, but is there anywhere specifically in Massachusetts that you would say is like good bang for your buck? Or is it again kind of like whatever your goals or desires are? That's always a factor. Your, yeah. your goals are always a factor. I think for investment purposes, the best locations are Stoughton, North Randolph, even North Shore areas, Winthrop, Chelsea. I think that those areas have the commuter rail. Medford. Medford. Somerville. I mean, Somerville's crazy already. Well, that's good to know because I would think, like, for me, that's one of the biggest, I think, hesitations is, like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be, so I don't know where to buy a home in and, like, if I'm going to want to be there long term. But knowing that, hey, you get good bang for your buck, it's really a good uh, location to invest in, Mm -hmm. that eases a lot of the worry and the concern, I think. If you're going to be driving, I mean, everyone wants to be in Boston, right? 
Yeah. So yeah, that that's ideal. You know, and if you can afford Boston, by all means, Boston is great. If you can't afford Boston and you don't mind driving, you don't mind the commute, you can get a lot bigger bang for your buck stepping outside of the city a little bit, but then taking advantage of the commuter rail or, you know, jumping right on the highway and it being 20 minutes to Boston. And then I think that those areas, because of the commuter rail, because they're still close to Boston and you can still get a ton of value, will continue to appreciate a lot quicker than other areas. Very helpful. And now I have one more tricky question for Ooh, you. Hit us. I'm curious, um, because times have changed and things are always a moving target, on average, with the clients that you both have, what age do you think is the like median for first-time home buyers? When are most people on average buying their first home? Oh, good question. That's a great question. I um, think the needle keeps getting pushed back because it's, you know, it's, people are in a lot more debt now and things are a lot totally. more expensive. Um, I would say that in my in my experience, the average is around 28 to 32. Okay. Yeah. But that's not to say that if you're 25, it's not possible for you, you know? Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that would have bought sooner had they just known more than they knew at the time that they purchased. And that's why we're doing this, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. No, that's good to know because I was sort of expecting that. I was almost thinking it would be more like 30 to 35. So it's actually really cool to hear yeah. that we have some um, younger people buying. Well, there's yeah. so much like media surrounding real estate and the market and interest rates and just like all of the things. And then when you add in COVID and quarantine and the yeah. economy and inflation and like everything else, I think it almost like paralysis through analysis like people just like I'm just gonna wait I'm just gonna wait yeah you know because you it's easy to like you know you look at the real deal and it's like the world is falling apart and this is the <laughs> worst time to buy I know I'm and like I'm just gonna, is gonna stay crash. in my yeah. little tiny room where it's safe and yep. I don't want to venture out there yet yeah. don't read the news <laughs> go talk to some actual professionals that are in the industry that talk to other professionals in the industry across the country that are always, you know, they're in the market. We're in the market. Yep. We see it every single day. I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you earlier. Actually, last week at our office, we had a sales meeting and there's probably like 115 Compass agents with our sales managers going around with a microphone. And it was kind of like open forum. And everybody was like asking questions and just like being like, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm seeing. And so many agents were like, so we have a listing over on 123 Main Street. Please bring your buyers and bring us your offers, even if they're under ask. Or like sharing success stories of like, I just had a buyer lock up their dream property for under ask. And the seller is throwing in this credit. And like, you just have no idea how many people are out here winning in this market. And I go on my story and I say it, but I feel like... You have to experience it firsthand. What a dramatic change because yeah. oh, yes. not too long ago, it was like your fifty, sixty thousand dollars It was like Armageddon. Ass. Like it was like <laughs> it craziness. Was. You guys have no idea how I've, I have learned so much today. And so. We're going to find you a house, by the way. Um, Absolutely. I was say, we're going to find you a house. The wheels are spinning already. I, this is exciting. I need so you. Exciting. I need you. Definitely. Um, but for everyone else who is out there thinking the same exact thing that they also need you would you quickly tell um your instagrams where they can find you and then if a website Absolutely. yes um my instagram is just my name giovanna silva but we also have our olympus group instagram which is og two underscores group or is it olympus two underscores group so our oh, actual Instagram is Olympus underscore underscore group. <laughs> yes. Wow. I can't believe I just fudged that up. I can't believe you told them the Finsta. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Wow, I thought There's we no... weren't telling people about that, but I mean, by all means, follow the Shit. Finsta too. <laughs> Shit. 
I'm dying. That was perfect. Okay, Emily, what is your personal Instagram? My personal Instagram is emily.e.haddad because Emily Haddad, Emily.haddad, Emily underscore Haddad. All of those were all the other So we are so so many Emily Haddads out there. Apparently, I have some doppelgangers going on. Seriously. And then website, did you say? Our website is actually in the works. Okay, okay. So stay I tuned. would love to be able to plug it, but it's not done. That's yet. okay. So I just wanted to make sure. So like the best way for them to get in touch with you is Instagram Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Okay. All that contact DMs. information okay. is there and literally however okay. you want to reach out. Okay, very cool. And then last but not least, before I let you go, um, I want to give an opportunity to kind of just give a general piece of life advice. You guys have given so much great Ooh. information about real estate, but this, you know, show is all about building a community and, you know, trying to instill a little bit of empowerment and motivation for the listeners. So I'm curious through all of your experiences, professional and personal, um, Gia, I will start with you. Okay. If you have either one particular thing you wish younger knew, younger you knew sooner, or just something that you think is important for others to. Oh my goodness! Okay, let me think. Honestly, it's gonna sound so cheesy, and I'm just like one of those people. I'm always like saying cheesy <laughs> things, but if there is one thing that I would love to be able to go back and tell myself that I truly like 99% of the time this to this day, like feel that I know this to be true is you can do anything that you want. You can literally do anything that you could possibly think of and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You don't need anybody to pull out a chair for you at the table. You can make your own damn table and it's that much more satisfying. Snaps That's what I would that. say. Snaps to that. <laughs> how are you gonna how are you gonna top that? Well then, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna do leave. your best, Emily Hada. Do your you best. Can't, can't. No, I, I think that, you know, riding um riding that coattail a little bit. Um the best piece of advice that I ever got was when I came into real estate and I was nineteen and I was like the developer that I was working for was like I need you to get your license. You should do it. You're going to be phenomenal. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm 19 years old. Nobody is going to take me seriously. Who is going to buy a house from a 19 year old? And exactly to your point, you can literally do anything that you want and got my license. And the best thing that I did was just not let people know my age. Oh my God. Is that your advice? Don't tell people how old you are. No, literally. So for a the lady first, never reveals her age. Exactly <laughs> what I said when people were like, "How old are you?" and I was like, "Wouldn't you like to know?" Anyways, back to the house. No, legitimately, because in you know what? Now I'm like, I'm 26 years old. That's right. Yes, I am young, and yes, I am doing it. So I mean, own it too, you know. But um, don't. Well, let- if I saw you pull up in your Range Rover, and then I learned you were 26 years old, it would actually just make me want to work with you even more. So Basically. you know what? You hustled, you made it work, and now thank look you, where you are. thank you. Yeah, no, I will. I will say that um, you know, don't don't limit yourself. Don't tell yourself what you can or can't do. You know, if it's hard to put yourself out there, it's hard to you know, be an adult. <laughs> it's hard to yeah. build a business. It's hard for people to take you seriously. But, um, you know, you just have to own it. You have to just gut out there. You can't talk yourself out of things. Um, you can't let your age, you know, either re- deter you. Absolutely. So I think that there's no there's no age that you can't start something. Um, and throughout every process, every you know stage of your life, you're going to learn something. Yes. So at 19, I learned that, you know, just be confident and know what you're good at. So when I got into real estate, I knew that I knew new construction. I knew building. I like that is what I knew. So I stuck to that. And when I spoke with that confidence, nobody asked me how old I was. Nobody. So I was like, oh, wow. I thought everyone was going to like. But never forget that that confidence comes from putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. and getting the experience and also the the faith in yourself that like, wow, I did that. And I survived and nothing burned down and nobody died. (laughs) So better answer, be confident, be confident and nobody's going to question you. They're just going to be like, wow, thank you so much for, for all this wisdom. They're not going to be like, I don't want to work with you because you're young. They're going to be like, wow, you just gave me so much value add. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you start off with the confidence. You don't let people tell you no. I feel like a million people are going to tell you no along the way. We love that because it's like, oh, you're going to see. Exactly. The only thing that's really going to stop you is when you tell yourself no and you tell yourself you can't do it. So you block that out. You keep it moving. You stay strong and you stay confident and you'll get there. Absolutely. I love it. Amen. Amen. Thank you girls so much. I had such a blast. This is so much fun and educational. I really appreciate you guys coming on. You guys were such a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. to see me in your DMs. Hell yes. Yes. It would make my day. I want to see all of you in my DMs. I love it. Okay, perfect. Maybe not all of you, but I'm just kidding. All of you. (laughs) All of them. All of you. Just no no creepy DMs, please. I just, no. Yeah. She's happily it's taken, a block party. <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. Go watch a Chris Evans movie tonight. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.